This week during the Super Bowl, the He Gets Us campaign ran $100 million commercial ads as they seek to rebrand Jesus and make him culturally relevant to the world around us today. And while it's a great starting point, they stop short of the gospel. And today we talk about how we can use this as a springboard to lead people to a saving faith in who Jesus Christ really is. You're listening to the Girlfriends in the Word podcast. I'm your host, Natalia Drunk. This podcast is designed to dive into scripture through systematic study in books of the Bible, through cultural conversations with women today, or on specific topical studies so that we can learn what God has to say for our lives. My goal is to equip you to study God's word well and to encourage you in your faith journey as we walk together and become girlfriends in the word. Hey friends, happy Wednesday. This week we are going to take a little bit of a turn and we are going to chat about the cultural conversation that has been happening this week and really for the last couple weeks as we talk about the He Gets Us campaign. Now, if you watched the Super Bowl this past Sunday, there was an ad campaign. It was about a hundred million dollar campaign and it set forth two commercials, a 30-second and a 60-second commercial about Jesus and making Jesus relevant to the culture. Now, if you did not watch the game, you can go online to YouTube or the He Gets Us website and feel free to check these commercials out. Now, I am not one to jump on every social campaign or talk about every culturally relevant situation. That's not really the purpose of the Girlfriends in the Word podcast, but the purpose of the podcast really is to encourage and equip you as believers in God's Word so that you can in turn go out into the world and share God's Word. So this week, I just want to chat about this entire quote-unquote rebranding campaign of Jesus and allow us a moment to take a pause and focus on where we are as a society and then bring the conversation back to where we are as a church. Because first and foremost, I need to say, I absolutely love that this conversation is happening. Now, I may have qualms and concerns about the campaign and the entire agenda behind it as well, but anytime that we can have a conversation about Jesus, it allows us as believers to bridge the gap with unbelievers. And it gives us an opportunity to clear up any confusion and set the stage for the gospel. So with that, I want to be ever so clear that we as Christians, we are charged by Christ himself to take the gospel message to the world as we go about our lives. That means we have to understand clearly what it is that we are to share. Because if there's one thing that I have learned in the last several years of ministry and study and being in seminary, it's that we can say the same words and have very different meanings. So it helps for us to be on the same page. And with that, I want you to understand that when I talk about the gospel, I am referring to what the Apostle Paul teaches to the church in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, when he defines for them the gospel message. So let's start with that. In verses 1 through 8 of chapter 15, Paul says, Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved, if you hold firmly to the word I preach to you. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. For what I received I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, and then to all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me also, 
as to one abnormally born. There's another passage that I want us to be aware of, and that's of Paul's words to the Galatians in chapter 1, where he states in verse 6 through 10, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. So why do these two passages matter? Well, because this is the gospel as we are charged to declare it and the ramifications of preaching or teaching anything other than this prescribed gospel. And what is the gospel? Paul clearly says, Jesus died for our sins, was buried and resurrected all according to the scriptures. And he ascended into the heavenlies after he had appeared in resurrected form to many eyewitnesses. The gospel is the life, death and resurrection of Christ. That is the entirety of the gospel and the entirety of the gospel must be preached to the people because the truth is without the resurrection, we have no hope. It is not enough to have a perfect, sinless man live and die for us. We must have a God who is able to come in, take on humanity, and maintain deity so that death can be conquered. The hope of Christianity isn't just that someone died for us. Goodness, that just makes Jesus another great human. As a matter of fact, there are a million of great humans who die for other people all the time. Consider an American soldier who died for your freedom. That's great, but it doesn't give us eternal life. Goodness, my husband loves me and he would, I'm confident he would completely and totally willingly die for me if necessary to protect me or to take on death in my place. But that in and of itself would not offer me eternal life. As a mother, I would die for my children, but I cannot offer them eternal life just in my death. Only Jesus can offer us eternal life because only Jesus resurrected from the dead through his own power. Death must be conquered and defeated so that all things can be made new. The power of the gospel of Jesus isn't that he lived and died for us, but that he lived, died, and was resurrected in and of himself. And we must tell all of the gospel, not just parts. It's the humanity and the deity of Jesus that make up the power of the gospel. In the early church during the first century, this letter, specifically the letter of the Galatians, was written to combat false teaching. They were already wrestling with the humanity and the deity of Jesus, and they were going to a form that spiritualized too much and took away the physicality and the earthiness and the humanity of Jesus. And if we're not careful, we can do the reverse, where we take away the deity and the holiness and the majesty of who Jesus was as fully God. And we subject him to just being human. Which brings us to the current event of this week, which is the He Gets Us at campaign. Now, let me be very clear and preface this well. I love the idea of talking about Jesus in any circle or cultural situation. I'm not here to bash the campaign. I applaud them for taking the step. And while I may find flaws in the website or the logistics of the campaign, 
it is a great thing that they have made this bold statement and that they are backing it with money and they are doing the thing. Culture needs it. And quite honestly, the church probably needs it too. Because if we're honest, the Church of America has gotten off track in a lot of ways. But again, that's for another time and probably another episode. And please hear me, I am not talking about specific local congregations. You may belong to an amazing Bible-believing, Bible-preaching, gospel-sharing church that is doing the work of equipping the saints for the work of ministry. I attend one of those churches myself. I'm talking about the general church in America and its acceptance of false doctrines and culturally relevant beliefs which have caused divisions and problems. So, if I love the people that are talking about Jesus because of these commercials, then why are we doing an entire episode podcast on them? Well, because I want to make sure you are equipped to go into the cultural conversation that will arise as a result of these ad campaigns. And you need to know how to engage the situations and what weaknesses there are in the campaign so that you don't get thrown for a loop. And while it's true that there may be a generally negative view of Jesus in the culture today in America, and possibly in other countries, I can't speak to that. I can just speak to what I know and see happening in America. And I appreciate the desire of the ad campaign to quote-unquote rebrand Jesus. My question and the weakness that I see is that Jesus doesn't need to be rebranded by the culture to be accepted. Because this concept of rebranding insinuates that what was previously shared was outdated and flawed. And now, while it's true that the teachings humans have used to explain Jesus may have been flawed because humans are flawed, Jesus himself is not flawed. His teachings are not outdated. And no matter how much culture changes or evolves over time, sin is sin and there is nothing new under the sun. Our methods of performing specific sins may have shifted, but the sin of humanity is the same. And Jesus addresses these things in scripture that we still struggle with today. His words are not outdated because his teachings are truth and truth is absolute and truth is timeless. His teachings do not change. God himself also does not change. He is the same God today that he was at creation and will forevermore be through every point in human history. If there is anything that needs a rebranding, it is our own minds and hearts. And that can only come through the power of a resurrected Savior. And that is Jesus Christ. This idea that Jesus must be relevant stops short of his actual teachings. And what often happens is we make up these concepts and ideas about the God that we want to serve instead of actually reading the revelation of the God we are called to serve. As Christians, we must learn to be comfortable with the understanding that it makes sense for the world to reject Jesus. Light and dark cannot coexist. So why do we keep thinking that the world full of rebellion and sin, needs a rebranded Jesus that loves and accepts them in the sin. This is not the message of scripture. The message of scripture is that Jesus is light, that he steps into the darkness of this chaotic, sinful world, not to make friends with the darkness, but to cast it out. That he came to overcome the darkness with his light. And to bring that light into the world so that there may be repentance, confession, and cleansing that would lead to the salvation he offers so that we would not face the judgment that will come from him. 
So friends, we got to get something straight. Because if all we do is share a fraction of the truth, we do people a disservice. We must tell them all of the truth. So let's talk about some of these claims and some of these conversations. Let's start with Jesus and religious systems. You see, Jesus never felt uncomfortable in church. First of all, there was no church yet. Jesus dealt in a synagogue and a temple system. And the temple system of that day was in place so that Jesus could come to fulfill it. It was the religious leaders, the Pharisees and the Sadducees of the day, who were uncomfortable with Jesus calling out their sin. It was not Jesus being uncomfortable in religious settings. It was the other way around. And it's true. Jesus ate with sinners and tax collectors. After all, we're all sinners. But he never did it to condone and conjole and to to celebrate them. Jesus met with them to convict them, to correct them, and to call them out of their sin and up to a place of righteousness. Jesus loved them enough to meet them where they were, but he loved them too much to leave them where they were. And that is the message of the gospel Jesus did show love and compassion upon people in their physical needs. He healed the sick. He made the lame walk and the blind to see. He fed thousands with nothing but meager lunch packings, and he multiplied the offerings. And at the end of all the events, Jesus called people to repent, to turn toward the kingdom of God. What Jesus did do was draw a line. You either chose trust and faith in him as the savior and you turned toward the father and away from your sin or you got the choice to return to your own rebellion and self-focused ways. There was no middle ground and no ambiguity. Jesus said you were for him and with him or you were with the devil. You get the choice, but you have to pick a team. And even as we study the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus' most famous sermon where he says the things like love your enemies or that hating your brother was the same as murder and he likens lust to adultery. Jesus always focused on the heart of the person because he knew our heart was wicked and he knew that we in and of ourselves could never rise to the level of righteousness that needs to please the father. All the commands of Christ are those that can only be accomplished by the power of the Holy Spirit at work within the life of the person which means that the person has to come to a place of belief and trust in God, a surrender of self and a confession of sin so that they would accept the words and salvation of Jesus and be filled by the Holy Spirit. And I want to be very careful here because my concern with the ad campaign, I want to be sure to use concern, not fear, because I'm not afraid of this. My concern with the ad campaign is that in an effort to discuss Jesus with culture and to try to make him relevant, in a culture he'll never be able to relate to, it stops short of the gospel message of the saving, transformative power of Jesus that sells people short of what the scripture actually teaches. We cannot do this. We cannot sell people short of the Jesus who can change their eternity. And this is where you and I come in because right now there's a buzz around these campaign ads and the commercials. People are talking and it is up to us as believers to make certain the narrative is one that aligns with the word of God and not necessarily the ways of this world. Jesus was fully human, yes. Yes, he understands how hard it is to walk miles in the desert. He had blisters and 
a sore back and he laughed and he celebrated. He knows the pull of temptation. He understands exhaustion and pain and sorrow and suffering. But make no mistake, my friend, in his humanity, Jesus never sinned. Not once. Not even in a thought, because every thought, every action, every intention was aligned to the will of the Father and was in complete submission to the Father's will. So while Jesus understands the challenges of living as a human on this earth, and he can serve as an empathetic high priest before the Father on our behalf, Jesus is also not like us, because Jesus never sinned. And that's not the end. Jesus wasn't just human like you and I are. Jesus was and still is fully God. He is divinity. He is deity. Jesus was fully man and fully God. And when we separate one from the other, when we sell one aspect of who he is and not the other, we get into dangerous territory. And I'm not saying that this ad campaign set out to be heretical or is attempting to be heresy. I'm not against the intent to bring Jesus to the forefront of conversations. I am saying that as the people in the streets who are having the conversations with people at the playgrounds, the grocery stores, or even in our church circles, we must use these ad campaigns and commercials as a springboard that launches us into gospel conversations, not culturally relevant token religious conversations. We must share the full counsel of scripture, which means first and foremost, as God's people, we must know it for ourselves. We must be students of God according to his revelation to us in his word. We must study his word and then we must live his word and then share his word with others. Jesus was God as much as he was human. And we want to make sure that as we talk about Jesus, we talk about him in his totality as he has revealed himself to us in scripture. Jesus himself in his word tells us that he would be divisive. He knew that. He accepted it. He came to earth because of it. Light and dark at odds with one another. He came to pit the light against the darkness so that the darkness would not have power. There will be people who love darkness more than they love light. There will be people who would love their rebellion more than the relationship that Jesus offers and brings to this world. And as hard as it is to hear it, it's the truth. Jesus doesn't need a rebrand in culture because culture won't accept Jesus. It didn't accept him 2,000 years ago and it won't accept him today. And it's not about culture accepting or approving or liking Jesus. It's about sinful humans coming face to face with the holy God who loves us enough to die for us, to offer himself as an atoning sacrifice for us, and to be buried and conquer death, to resurrect from the grave so that he could give us eternal life. This is what the hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ is, and this is the message that must be taught and preached and shared. Not everyone will want to hear that, and that's okay. Jesus is 100% inclusive in that he calls that all of mankind come to him, but at the same time, he is 100% exclusive in saying that any who would come must come through him. 
That's the message of John 14. His way, not our own. Well, maybe you're listening today and you've gotten through this part of the episode and you're like, goodness, Natalia, these people just wanted to talk about Jesus and they did a great thing by paying all this money to run an ad so millions of people could see it. Have a little bit of heart. This is a good thing. You're right. It is, which is why you and I are talking about it today because the conversation has been started, but it hasn't been completed. When you go to the He Gets Us website, it doesn't speak the gospel message to people. It doesn't lead them to salvation. And if we're going to talk about Jesus, if you are going to talk about Jesus, if I am going to talk about Jesus, we must lead people to salvation. That's the point in talking about Jesus. What he offers isn't just empathy for this life. He offers eternal life. We don't need just a Jesus for today who gets our emotions in this moment. We need a Jesus who gets us through eternity because he conquers death in the grave. And when we preach the Jesus who deals with our eternity, we already take care of the problems that we face today. So friend, I'm not here to hate on this campaign. I'm here to remind us of the truth and doing that in love that preaches Jesus, not just as a human, but as God. And in all things that I do with Girlfriends in the Word, my aim in these episodes or blog articles or social media posts is to encourage and equip you as a believer to walk out your faith, to grow in your understanding of God's word and to proclaim the good news of the gospel. So as you go about this week, as you hear or engage in conversations because of the Super Bowl commercial or this campaign, my prayer is that you lead people to the gospel. The stage is set. People will either respond or reject. And that is not on us. It is up to the Holy Spirit to soften the hearts of hearers and to draw people to himself. Our mission, our obligation is to be salt and light to this world. And that happens as we live according to the word of God, as we act according to the word of God, as we love according to the word of God, as we teach the word of God. God's word is our foundation and our guide for engaging in the culture that we are surrounded with. We won't stand an answer to the culture one day at the end of our lives. We will stand before the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and it is to him that we will give an account for what he has entrusted to us. And he has entrusted to us his gospel and his creation. And it is our responsibility to steward both well. So I pray this week, this episode helps you to see how you can use what is happening in culture to spring forward to the gospel. So that when someone asks if you saw the commercials or videos, you can respond and take them from the starting point of the name of Jesus and teach them the totality of the gospel because it leads them to the saving power found only in the person and work of Jesus Christ. So friend, I'm here for the conversation and I'm here to help you engage others. If you need help or ideas, you can feel free to email me anytime at Natalia at NataliaDrum.com for more help until next week, friends. Thank you so much for listening to the girlfriends in the word podcast. You can find resources on the website at www.nataliadrum.com, which is where you can connect with me via email, you can download resources, or you can check out the shop for books and tools to grow in your faith. If you want to connect with me on social media, head over to Instagram and find me at the handle at Natalia Drum. 